This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back in. Amon Green Show. Harrison back at the Ticket Studios, 1040 O Street. Amon, host as always, streaming in. If you guys want to join the show, feel free to do so through the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. Great way to put a face to the voice as always. And again, if you guys want to talk about particular bowl games, we can absolutely do that. Um, those are pretty much my biggest surprises. We're definitely... Iowa getting blown out the way they did. And of course, Washington, I didn't think they were going to be tough enough to handle that Texas team. Michael Penix Jr. He played like a Heisman. I know it wasn't his award this year, but he showed a lot in that bowl game. And then Alabama, we talked about it. I know it was an ugly game. Took about six sacks, just over 120 yards um, Mm -hmm. in the air. But again, I think that Michigan defense is just really good. That's why I wonder if it almost would have been better if those teams were on opposite sides. But nonetheless, I thought they pretty much nailed it with the college football playoffs. Did Georgia absolutely beating the brakes off of Florida State change your mind at all about whether they belong to be in or not? Hmm. Yeah. Six, 63 to three is kind of tough to watch because like I know the timing of the loss was bad, but that right there to me is making a bad, almost like a cop out for the voting, like for the committee mm-hmm. to say, Hey, okay. They lost and it's December. Okay. All right. What? I mean, that, so is this, that one is, it doesn't hold a lot of weight to say, okay, okay. They still undefeated. They lose one game in the championship game of their conference. They still got there mm-hmm. because in basketball, they'll just be a number two seat going into the NCAA basketball bracket. So that one, I, it rubbed me the wrong way too. Seeing because seeing that game, Georgia uh, playing Florida State, and we knew, but we knew on both instances. We even said, I mean, I even said in Florida State, yeah, they they made it. Like if it was enough teams that were allowed in, they made it. There's blowouts in NCAA basketball brackets, first round. There's first round blowouts. Then there is first round upsets as well. This is why the bracket is there, regardless of how the team gets there, because that was a whole big you know, conversation is FSU got shorted and some teams, well, they didn't have their quarterback. Regardless, injuries happen. Yes. The timing of it, you don't know when it's going to be, but they earned it. They were 13 and 0. They should have been there, but they weren't on a caliber level, obviously as Georgia and Georgia have been that team. They've been on what a 29 win streak in yeah. the last two and a half years. So it was just unfortunate. Now we got it for next year, for now, for this year, later in the fall, we will have now all those teams that had been shorted this season and the last couple seasons where they should have been there. They were undefeated in their conference. They won their conference, all that stuff. Now all that will get answered and seen come this time a year from now basically to see the teams that go 13 and 0 in divisions that have never been had opportunity opportunity to be in the college playoff bracket and that's going to be for me to watch it as a football fan and as a sports fan it's going to be like wow i've now seen i've always thought about why does college football have a like a playoff bracket or like a ncaa basketball bracket and now it's here to see 12 teams coming at it next fall is going to be fun to see and shoot 
I mean, another couple years, you know, cross fingers being a optimistic Husker fan. Hey, maybe it's this year. If not, the next three, four years, we could be in that that playoff as well. So just mm-hmm. gotta grind it out. But now I say for all the teams out there that you know, UCF a few years ago when Scott was the coach there, they were one of those teams kind of making their stake of why they need to be in the FBS playoff. Yeah, and they would go on to beat Auburn. So in those years, like who knows what noise UCF could have made. I know no one is really expecting that Scott Frost team to go ahead and beat Auburn, but they showed up, played Auburn very well, and I think they won in a pretty convincing fashion. Uh, We do have Clone Trooper chiming in from YouTube saying FSU also didn't have a lot of their weapons for that game. And that's true. Same thing. A couple, maybe Mm -hmm. a wide receiver or two. Yep. LSU, Um, kind of the same story. That's when I get to these bowl games. I got to see. I I don't want to. It just seems like a cop out excuse. Like, I get it. It is a tough thing to look at. But at the same time, you saw it with USC. Their backup quarterback comes in, he throws six touchdowns, Uh, only one interception. Some of that's going to show what does your development look like? How good are the guys underneath your starters? But sixty-three and the wide receivers he had to throw exactly to. <laughs> sixty-three to three is you guys thought you should have been in. Um, looks like he didn't really want to work that hard because Georgia certainly didn't have that same attitude. I'm sure they were just wow. as upset they didn't get in, and they proved a point showing that they're still a powerhouse. Florida State, the spotlight's on you. You have the opportunity to prove that you belonged. You can't, in my eyes, afford that blowout. At least not in that fashion. If it's a game, as Clone Trooper states, you maybe lose by a couple scores You're without your best players, people are going to yeah. at least be able to side with you. When it's a 63-3 to three blowout, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You put your starting quarterback. I still don't think you get the job done. I mean, that is, you nah. guys got obliterated. Just just straight up period. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a mental thing. Uh, Morris Cole Trooper said they just really, without their key guys, that's what it looks like. But very tough game for them nonetheless. It's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens here with these college football playoffs. Obviously, this can be Monday. But I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Michigan from the Big Ten. What started as a accusation full season, they're going to somehow maybe get a national championship at the very end of it, despite everything. Sure. So you got to do tip your hats a little bit for that team managing the handle. We talk about the outside noise all the time. Michigan did yep. that hands down, double down on it. I think they kind of went into that championship game, even started a little sloppy. You had a muffed punt, uh, a couple turnovers. They finally get comfortable and they start playing Michigan football. But for a second, it looked like they're going to have that same slip up they did against TCU, but they're able to get it under control. A few other things I want to talk about before we go to our next break here. Nebraska basketball, they have an opportunity to do something Uh here um, that I think could be really big in terms of momentum building for the Big Ten play. Because coming up here, after they're kind of done with their non-con games, they were able to beat up on... Uh, Southern California State, 91-62. to 62. That Ooh. one wasn't even close. The final Ooh. score, even though it's 62-91, to 91, is still misleading. That game was pretty much over after the first half. But hey. they're going to have a chance. This is, when I say the start conference play, I mean everything here on out is conference play. So now if you want to oh. make your move in net rankings, you want to go dancing, you want to be part of March Madness at the end of the year, you have to start picking up wins now get on that positive side of the conference play because they're going to have a good Indiana team at the vault. Yeah. Then they're on the road playing number one Wisconsin or number 21 ranked Wisconsin. That one's on the no road, good. but it'll be a good test for you. Then you have your chance at number one Purdue at the vault. So if you can just right. win one against Indiana or, or Wisconsin, uh, or even just two out of the next three, 
mm-hmm. you're looking at this team sitting in pretty good standard. I believe they said Rink Mast will be a game time decision tomorrow versus Indiana. Blaze Keita also uh, looks like he'll be coming back from the injury list, so we'll get our size back. But if they can pull this off, I mean, what do you see? What's likely here? Do you see a run out of these next three games? Indiana at home, Wisconsin, 21-ranked Wisconsin on the road, Purdue back at home. What's Nebraska's record with those three games right there? Um, I'm looking at <clears throat> the way they've been playing and they keep that mentality. I say a favor. Uh, I say a favoritism, not a favoritism, but a favorable uh, outcome. I would say two and one and mm-hmm. losing to Purdue. Um, I, if not, I say one and I see one and two because Wisconsin is tough at home. Yeah. Or no, they're on the road. Excuse me. Oh, no, they're yeah. Wisconsin's they're on the yeah, road. Yeah, we got to play Wisconsin's Wisconsin tough on the road. At home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they, they got a lot, lot of weapons still. If you, yeah, when it comes so. to Zach Eady and Purdue, what is the real ways a Nebraska basketball team kind of, I don't want to say with the small ball, but when you're playing Purdue, it's going to look like small ball. Well, how are some of the ways that you think they can <laughs> yeah. attack? That Purdue team, especially knowing what Zach Eady likes to do, he's not going to stretch it out on you as much, but he's just going to be a force to be reckoned with inside. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just going to come with Juwan Gary stepping up and even having a bigger game than he's had before. Well, I shouldn't say that. If you get 18 offensive rebounds, that's pretty damn good. So if you get right. anywhere in double digits in terms of boards, uh, that's what I think we're going to need. Group effort. I think you need it from Mast, which I'm assuming he'll be back. Always Kada, if he's able to get back, fantastic. Give you some more you, the legs in there. And of course we talked about Juwan Gary as well, but what are the keys on this run here for Nebraska basketball that, you know, I think they're good, but I still think they're a few steps away from really being an above 500 team in the big 10 consistently. Yeah. Starting with Edie in the middle in terms of how you're going to play. You just got to basically attack him at all uh, possibilities because we know he's the big guy in the middle and in terms of defense, you got to push his limit, make sure you test his defensive ability, what he can do. We know he's a shot blocker. Uh, we just got to know, you know, can he do it for a whole two halves and just keep attacking him and push it where you maybe get him in foul, foul trouble. I know he knows that because teams want to test him all the time because mm-hmm. of his size. Get him out the middle. This is a different game, ball game for Purdue. So I'll say that'll be one. Don't be afraid to attack him. Go to him. You know, take it to the cup. You know, pick and roll off of that. Defend, double team, what have you. Make him work for his street cred of what he's earned, what he's earned in the big 10 and what he's earned playing in, in the NCAA basketball at the height he is. And then offensively, again, it's the same thing. You know, when you face good players, you can't just let them rest on their laurels. Oh man, that's a good player. So we're not going to, we're not going to push it. We're not going to try it. And we see it in football where, you know, you go back when Deion Sanders or a nice DB was playing on one side, they wouldn't throw the ball that way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the opposite. I'm going to test you. Until you make me pay for it, then okay, you get me a pick six. Okay, then I learned my lesson. I'm gonna go <laughs> throw against the other <laughs> corner. But until that time, I want to I want to see what you're all about. And so that's what Nebraska has the opportunity to do with their team. They want to see. They got to test every team because, as we know, once we got into the Big Ten, we knew we we're now playing against a whole nother level of basketball back in 2014. And so to test to play against schools like Indiana, Purdue. Um, oh, every now and then, I mean, not every now and then, but Wisconsin, but every now and then team like Northwestern has a pretty good squad out there. Uh, other teams around um, the Big Ten as well. So just you got to come in and play your hardest and, and test everybody that's on our court, not just the big man in the middle. Yep. And we do got one from the text line here. Someone who 
has probably been watching Nebraska basketball for a while. Unknown Texter 7449 says, come on, guys. Already a bad Minnesota loss. Maybe 10% chance to go one and two on the next three. With the Minnesota game, I think by far that's probably our ugliest loss. North Dakota had the opportunity. We only beat them by eight. But yeah, that Minnesota game was disappointing. But I'm also going to give a little bit of credit to Minnesota for hustling the way they did. And we've just kind of seen it when it comes to basketball. You can be Northwestern. You can find a way to take out number one Purdue. You can be top ranked five Michigan State. Be awful to start out the season. Lose to James Madison. Lose your first conference game. Here's a chance to get Nebraska. We lose that one too. They turn around and they beat a number six team team in the country in Baylor. So with that being said, yes, it's a bad Minnesota loss, but just because you have one bad loss on the season, I don't think it takes away what this team can be, especially getting rank masked. I think if you're talking about that ED matchup, I mean, hell, they mm-hmm. almost beat him last year. And it, it's arguable to say this team's a lot more talented than the team was last year. Derek Walker definitely made a difference, but I think what rank mass can do with his IQ you talked about attacking Edie, getting him, pulling him out of spaces. I think yeah. that's going to be the key for Mass is really just be expert on where is he going to drag Edie around on the court because he's doesn't quite look like it, but he's a three-level scorer. Doesn't have the speed, mm-hmm. and he's not going to maybe blow by you on a dribble, but if you lose track of him, he can shoot the mid-range. Uh, he's got a decent little mid-range hook he'll put up there, and then, of course, the three-point shot falls down for him as well. So I think... With him coming back, that is massive for Nebraska basketball for the fact that it was a simple, clean procedure. I thought we we're going to be missing him for a while. He's going to be back sooner than we know it, possibly even for right. the game tomorrow versus Indiana at 8 p.m. But we do have to throw it to our next break here on the Amon Green Show. Um, got a few things left. We can talk esports on the next segment, get some updates on there as well. And, of course, Nikola Jokic, NBA, his last three games has just been Absolutely incredible. Only missed two shots. I'll leave it at that. But we got to throw it to break here on the Amon Green Show. Uh, Of course, Amon streaming in from Houston Harrison back in the 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere. We got one more segment up next.